Well, good morning again, and welcome to our uh, final gathering uh, in this building under the name River's Edge before we officially merge with Soma and become one church. And uh, in that process of merging, we recognize that uh, many relationships are going to continue, that our uh, discipleship to Jesus is going to continue, that all of the, the good stuff of the kingdom of God is going to continue on uh, next Sunday and in the months and years ahead. Uh, but we also recognize the uniqueness that uh, we'll no longer be gathering in this building under the name River's Edge, that that's going to be set aside as part of the process of merging. So we thought it would be fitting for on our final Sunday, uh, not just to share a meal together, which was one of our things. We said, oh, what, if, if we're there for the end of the church, we want our final thing to just be you know, eating and drinking together to go out with a meal. Uh, so we're going to do that after the gathering. Uh, but we also want to take time to reflect on this chapter and to look back and think about what it's meant for us to uh, celebrate the things that God has done and the months and years that lie behind us and answer the question, what has this chapter meant for you? Uh, so in a few minutes, I'm going to turn over the mic, and we're going to open things up for a time of sharing stories and testimonies, and how, uh, how has God met you over the last uh, months and years? What has this time uh, meant for you? But before we open it up for that, I actually want to share a brief uh, story, a brief version of the story of River's Edge from its initial conception up to today. Uh, how does that sound? Okay, sweet. Three or four of you are excited about that. Um, so I'll tell the story, and then we'll open it up. And um, Emma, we've got some pictures that are going to be uh, flowing along the way. Uh, well, the idea for this church plan actually started all the way back in 2009 when a guy named Matt Karsh uh, left California and started attending Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon, where he played on the football team. Uh, this, this is Matt. Uh, and one day, the football team uh, traveled up here to Spokane to um, play against Whitworth. And uh, they lost the game, uh, of course, because Whitworth's better. Uh, but, um, oh, that's, that's a, you jumped ahead. You got to scroll back a little bit. We'll get there. That's part of the story, too. Wow, the adults are louder than the kids this morning. This is, this is new. Uh, so Matt Karsh was on the football team, and uh, they lost the game. They were driving back through Spokane. He'd never been to the city of Spokane before, and they were stopped at a stoplight, and the Lord spoke to him and just gave him this simple phrase, there's going to be a church here. And that's what, that's what the Lord laid on his heart and spoke in that moment. Uh, and at the time, Matt Karsh was not walking with Jesus. Uh, but he knew it was the Lord. He just had this sense, wow, the Lord just spoke to me. Um, and he just sort of just sat on that and stored it away. And uh, lo and behold, several months later, one of his teammates on the football team invited him to church. And he started attending church. He gave his life to Jesus. Uh, he got baptized. And, uh, and he, got, he signed up for a mentorship program at the church. And he started meeting with his mentor. And in one of his uh, meetings with his mentor... Uh, he sat down to meet, and his mentor said, hey, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I was praying for you before our meeting today, and I feel like I'm supposed to ask you, have you ever thought about church planting before? Uh, and here he is, a sophomore in college, a brand new Christian, and he said, oh, well, there was this weird thing that happened to me in Spokane one time, but I don't think it meant anything. Uh, and then it became this weird thing where the more he tried to deny it, the more the Lord uh, pressed on his heart and revealed to him, no, it's you. I'm calling you to go and plant a church in Spokane someday. And so as a sophomore in college, he just kind of owned that vision and just uh, started telling people, hey, I'm going to go to Spokane someday to plant a church. Do you want to come with me? Um, and uh, the backstory is that Matt Karsh and I became friends uh, by, I was at Lewis and Clark Law School. He was at undergrad, and we were both sort of on mission to the school that we were at. So uh, we got connected and became friends, and then we, he became one of my best friends. And so eventually he asked me, he said, hey, I'm going to Spokane someday to plant a church. Do you want to come with me? Uh, and I said, I, what I told him was, I don't even have to pray about that because the answer is no. 
I am not doing that. I am going to be a lawyer. I'm going to live in Seattle. I have the next 20 years of my life planned out. I am not going to Spokane to plant a church. Uh, and that was it. I never thought about it again. And another six months went by, and I was uh, worshiping one night at our college group where we both served as leaders. And I had this moment in the middle of worship where I felt like the Lord was right there. We have these, I think we all have these rare moments in life when we just sense the presence of the Lord in a unique way. And it was like he was leaning over my shoulder. And he said, if Matt Karsh goes to Spokane to plant that church, I want you to go with him. And I knew it was the Lord because it was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, I thought, oh, that has to be the Lord. And so I went that, that night after worship was done, I went and I told Matt, I said, all right, Matt, if you go to Spokane to plant this church, I'm going to go with you. So now you can put up the embarrassing photo. Um, that, that was me uh, in the act of telling him, this is literally the moment I said, I'll go with you. And, um, and that's what I used to look like. So, um, so I shared with him, and, and that was kind of the moment that, okay, th there's some sort of vision is being born. We're going to go and do this uh, someday. So um, several years later, in 2014, we came to Spokane for our first vision trip, and we just came to connect with people and start praying. And uh, we ended up connecting with a bunch of Whitworth students, some of whom had been under in my college ministry back in Portland, and were now in Spokane. So we ended up connecting with people here, and they said, yeah, we want you to come, and we want you to plant this church. And so we uh, started visiting, actually through 2014 and 2015, uh, and even into 2016, we started monthly, we started visiting Spokane monthly. So once a month, we started driving uh, from Portland over here to Spokane and doing sort of a, a, a prayer gathering, like one church gathering a month, started connecting with college students, um, got connected with uh, the Batterton family. It was one of some of the first people that we met in Spokane. Uh, and eventually, then in 2016, we uh, started gathering regularly. We started uh, regular Sunday gatherings in the park over at Audubon Park. So we did that for our first summer. And after our first summer in the park, we moved into Messiah Lutheran. This was also in 2016. So we were there on Sunday nights. Uh, for about four months, we were gathering there uh, before we finally uh, settled in the Seventh-day Adventist Church on Spofford in 2017. Uh, and I would say that when we moved into that SDA church is when we really kind of hit, began to hit our stride as a church plant. Uh, by then, we were about six months into regular gatherings, but uh, that's when we really got settled and got our feet under us. Uh, some of you were baptized. Uh, in that building over the years, um, as we worshiped the Lord together, we started doing summer barbecues in the park because we missed the park so much. We're like, let's go back to the park again. And we did those regularly and, and we'd still do them today. So I'm already looking forward to this coming summer uh, and what happens there. But we spent uh, just over three years in the SDA building, uh, worshiping the Lord together in that place until COVID hit. And when COVID hit, uh, we, we took that opportunity to uh, end our lease and step out of that building. What I never told you is that there was also a growing mice infestation in that building. So we were like extra motivated to move out. We're like, oh, COVID, you know, we probably should just find a new place. Uh, but I have to confess that now before you. Uh, so we, we moved out of that place and we were back in the park again, coming out of shelter in place. Uh, some of you will remember we were back in the park in 2020 um, and spent a summer there before moving into the flour mill downtown. And we were in the flour mill in um, 2020 and 2021 for about a year we were there before um, eventually inheriting this building. And if you remember when we inherited this building in the summer of 2021, it was an absolute mess. Uh, it was crazy. What you're sitting in right now is just, it's unrecognizable um, compared to what it looked like before. So we did uh, a ton of work, gutted this building. Uh, everything in this building changed. Every wall, every ceiling, every floor. There were no bathrooms in this building. We did all the bathrooms. Um, it, was, it was crazy. So... Uh, we put in a ton of work gutting this building and renovating it, 
And uh, it was an amazing effort that you guys put in. But as a result, we've been in this building for the last two and a half years uh, rent-free because of the renovations that we did. Uh, and then in March of last year, uh, almost a year ago, God spoke to us about our family moving to the Philippines. And that all started to kind of unfold right as we were preparing to go on our first sabbatical. So we sat on that, uh, that, that dream, that seed, that idea. We kind of set that aside as we stepped into sabbatical. And then coming out of sabbatical in September, uh, we sensed the Lord speaking to us as an elder team uh, about River's Edge merging with Soma and becoming one church as we move forward uh, into this year and the years ahead. And uh, while we're excited for that, we're, ex we're excited to merge with Soma, we're excited for what the Lord has for us there uh, and what the Lord's going to do in 2024 and beyond. Um, and that's great, but we also want to take time to look back, uh, to look back with gratitude, to reflect uh, on the years that we've had together, and to celebrate what God's done over the last 10 years, from those monthly prayer gatherings in 2014 uh, all the way up to uh, today. So we want to take some time to celebrate that, and the question that we're going to pose with sort of a, an open mic is, uh, what has River's Edge meant to you? It doesn't matter if you've been here for a few weeks or uh, for, a f for years, as you think about uh, those weeks or those years or whatever it is, uh, what has that time meant to you? Uh, what are some of the unique things that God's done and the way that God has met you in it? Uh, what are some of the things that you'll remember and carry with you as this chapter closes and a new chapter begins? Uh, so I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we're just going to open it up, and anybody who wants to share uh, will share. Jesus, uh, we praise you, Lord, uh, for all that you have done for all that you're doing, uh, and for all that you're going to do. And as we take some time, Lord, to just uh, share and express gratitude and celebrate, uh, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified, uh, that uh, no story would be too grand or too simple uh, to share as we encourage one another, as we build one another up, as we celebrate all that you've done in our lives. Uh, over the, the months and years that lie behind us. As we celebrate that, Lord, and we look back and remember your faithfulness, I pray, Lord, that that would give us an increasing sense of hope for the future, that we would remember together, wow, our God is faithful, and he meets us in big things and in small things as we follow after him. So would you be glorified now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Which brave soul is going to go first. Uh, okay, Richard's ready. Uh, one more thing I'll share as Richard's coming to the front. Uh, if you come up to share, try and hold the mic close to your chin and not like down at your waist, um, just so we can all hear. I know if I don't come up first, I'm not going to come up at all because I'll find some excuse. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it now. Um, yeah, I was trying to think, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, oh, there's nothing I can, what can I share about River's Edge? And very quickly, a moment came to mind. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll talk about that. And then I realized it's something that actually goes back to probably um, the very beginning. And so it comes back to this idea of uh, listening prayer and like patience and like abiding in the spirit and just being willing to kind of sit in those hard moments. And I grew up in a church. My dad is a pastor, and I love my family and my dad. The way he ministered to our family was very Christ-like. But when we had uh, difficult times or someone was struggling, he's a very wise man. And he knows Scripture very well. And so he would lean into that. And so he would sit us down or sit a family down, and we would just start going through Scripture. We would pray together. There would just be a lot of just like talking and just working through it together and sharing wisdom and insight and story. And it was beautiful. And I think I grew a lot in that and it helped me a lot. But that's what my experience was when it came to like the church and the family. And so I come here and I remember even the very first time Matt like prayed, he got to the end of his prayer and I was like, all right, this is the part where we say, amen. And he paused for like an uncomfortable, like three seconds. And I'm, I sat there and I think I said like, amen. And then no one else did. I was like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. And I was just like, okay, okay. well, this guy, he prays a little different, I guess. Like a little. And then just the more we like leaned into that as a community, there was more of this time like, hey, we're going to like get together in groups 
And before you jump into prayer, just listen for like five or ten minutes. And around that time, we were going to a small group with Kelly and Dana Walters, and they did something similar. We're like, hey, we're going to break out, and we're going to spend like ten minutes. And I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this just sitting in this. Um, but I was realizing it came from my fear that in those moments when people have doubt or they're down or life is hitting them hard, that they were doubting God's existence or that he was there for them. And in reality, I was kind of too. And I felt like if I didn't speak up and share like what was on my heart, like this is where I see God, this is what the Bible says, that God wouldn't be seen and that he wasn't going to be present. So just sitting in that silence was really uncomfortable for me. So fast forward through all of these small groups and all these moments at church and all this time of prayer, um, we have the Sunday after we find out that Peter's diagnosed with a cancer that's very likely going to take his life. And we come here, and I don't know really what to expect. I just kind of like, we should be at church. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, just everything feels like a blur. And we walk in, and it's just a very loving and sweet time of worship and prayer. And I was like ready for like this onslaught of already it had people are very dear to my heart come in and basically like pray scripture over me and share like, here, this is where God's working in this, and this is the good news, and this is the, God's faithful. And it was all wise and true. But I was just like ready for like lots of those conversations that Sunday morning. And we come in, and I kind of just got up and sat in the, went to the back. I'm just kind of there um, in sorrow. And Kelly and Walters and Matthew Crossley come over, and they just kind of put their arms around me and just kind of like pick me up. And they just hold me. And they didn't really say anything at all, but we just sat there, and all three of us just kind of cried. And we worshiped, and there was times of praying, but there was just this long time of just like, being comfortable in that silence. And that's something that the church, like River's Edge for years, had been like nurturing, growing in to the point that it was natural and it felt so loving and felt so right. And it just, I think about that moment all the time. And very quickly after that moment, just to kind of show like, this is right, this is good. There was another person, not in this community, but came up and shared thoughts on his heart. And they were out of anger and frustration and just kind of like, very like that preaching kind of mindset of just like, this is, what's happened to you is unfair. And it just was so clear to almost see like, oh man, this is, this is not you, God. This was you. Two brothers just kind of holding you, lifting you up in this time that you needed. Uh, but it, that's a moment I think of all the time. And it just kind of encapsulates like this whole journey of River's Edge, and especially in this one moment where I'm like, God, you were in this for seven years getting to this moment. So yeah, just one share. I got something last week, which is pretty cool, um, and, it, and it fits about um, our story with River's Edge, but I think, I think it applies to uh, maybe a lot of you, maybe everybody here, and I, I do need to um, tell you that Richard talked about that time, and I think I remember that time where he said that me and, and, and Matthew lifted him up. It wasn't literally, okay, because he's a big guy, <laughs> and I used to wrestle, but I don't think I would have been able to do that. Um, so... So um, we came out of a church, and I said this a couple weeks ago and other times in the past, um, we came out of a church that had been unbelievable, just fantastic, beautiful. God was working, sending people out throughout the world that are still like there's fruit and all that. And then, and then some leadership changed, and there was some um, change, and it, it ended up, it ended up um, getting, um, getting off track and moving away from the, the heart of the gospel. And, and that was uh, really devastating because we were deeply involved, and it was so hard emotionally. But uh, and as hard as that was, we felt like we needed to leave. We did not know of all of the trials that we were going to go through and the trials of the culture. We had no idea in 2016 or so when we, when we started coming here. We'd been through a really hard thing. We had no idea how many hard things were to come for us personally and in our culture. I'm going to relate to that. Incredible trials, incredible struggles. And last week when we were, um, I, told, uh, <clears throat> I told Nick, after his song, uh, he sang, uh, led the song, um, Worthy. And I remember coming in the first week, I think, one of the first weeks, coming in, and Micaiah, who remembers her, was leading, and she can lead worship like no other. And she was leading that Worthy song, and then we sang it over and over, and it was one of those songs for me and never got old. Still is not old. And if you can put up the, the uh, bridge, my favorite part of that song is the bridge. And the bridge, I thought last week, to me, 
in my mind, from my experience, and maybe many of you can relate to this, I think this is the, the, like the anthem, Nick said this morning, like the anthem of what God did in, through the leadership, Matt and Abby and others, through the teaching, through the worship, through the prayer, what did in us, that we, we um, learned to do this. And many churches have so many things going on and maybe really dynamic and you get discipled into a church, and it's about building this church, building the thing. And so then when that thing ends, or when people leave, or they have to move, or whatever, they don't know what to do. Here's what we learned. We learned to build our lives on his love. We learned that that's our firm foundation, right? We didn't learn to become a follower of some denomination, or even, even you know, um, Frontiers, or whatever, or Matt and Abby. We learn to put our trust in him alone, and in that will not be shaken. And that's what happened in us as we went through trial after trial, and as our culture, as churches were getting ripped apart, our focus was this. And we learned we, didn't, we wouldn't, would not be shaken. We had to keep coming back to that, to the love of Christ. That's our firm foundation. And, and it helped us weather storm after storm personally and in our culture. And what I'm excited about. We are prepared, those of you who have been here for a while and, and have learned this, we're prepared to go into another church and be a blessing. We're prepared to lean on the Lord no matter what happens in the culture, no matter what happens in our next season of life or in the next church, because this is what we've learned. And thank you, Matt and Abby. Thank you for the leadership, because you have turned our focus more to Jesus. And that's what we can count on. Thank you. Hi. Um, so kind of flipping back, 2016, um, 2015, summer 2015, uh, we were part of a different church. We were elders in another church plant. And um, one of the leaders, Steve Oliver, many, some of you guys know who Steve is, but he pulled us up front with the other leaders and gave a prophetic word. And at the time, you think, wow, this is amazing. But then you don't realize the maelstrom that's going to happen. And um, he said, God is pulling up the stakes. The winds are going to blow. Because he saw a tree, and he said, God's pulling the stakes. The winds are going to blow. It's going to cause your roots to go deep so your canopy can grow. And uh, that was about uh, three months before. Actually, no, it was about a month and a half before my wife's health turned completely upside down. And we spent the next year and a half kind of chasing our tails, just hoping to find answers, hoping to find solutions, hoping to find a place. And in that process, the church started to unravel. And um, we ended up closing the doors in September of 2018, I think, something like that. A month prior to that, uh, we started coming to River's Edge and we knew I could see a path forward in what God had laid for us. And what I felt really walking in the door was space. Because I always had expectations on me. If you've been a leader before, you can kind of know there can be a lot of expectations put on you. Like when you walk in the door, oh, here's, here's somebody who's led worship, so we're just going to give them a guitar and put them up front. And what I felt was, and I told Karsh this too at the time when he was moving on, was I felt space. For the first time in like 10 or 15 years, I felt the freedom to begin to be me. And if I needed to sit and not do anything for a long period of time, I was able to do that. And just reflecting back now, um, it's really given me the space to be able to heal where I feel like I'm finally ready to step out again and do crazy things. Um, I think we as a family have been able to, one, I'm just totally remarked, uh, it blows my mind that my kids still want to be a part of church because of how difficult it can be when you watch your parents go through challenges and, and hard times. But it's been that space to really be me, and I cannot thank you guys enough for Karsh, and decent to give me the space to function as God has created me to be. 
and it's been amazing. It's been amazing that my wife has been able to heal to an extent. I mean, is she whole? No. But she's not in bed screaming in pain, so I will take that as a win. Um, yeah, and so it's just been, it's been amazing to see. Thank you, sir. Uh, probably a good chunk of you know uh, our pre-River's Edge stories. I, I grew up in a church not too far down the road here uh, for years and years. It kind of, my dad was planted to Colville as a pastor out of that church. And uh, it, was, it was all I knew. It was family. Um, and then around when I was 20, it kind of blew up and didn't exist anymore. So the church in Colville closed its doors because there was no parent church anymore. So all of a sudden, I went from having a lifelong family to no church at all. And then I met my, my wonderful, beautiful wife, who's running sound back there. Um, and we kind of floated for uh, nearly, let's see, nearly a decade, like seven or eight years together without a church, even though we both were Christian and we both wanted to go to church. We just didn't have a home. Uh, I think most of you know me well enough to know that I'm a, a, a huge introvert. Um, big groups aren't my thing, although for some reason I can speak in front of big groups of people. I don't know why. And sing. Um, and uh, another thing about me is I, I don't have three speeds. It's nothing or pedal to the metal. Uh, and every place we visited, it was just kind of a you show up and you just are there and nobody really cares. And then we walked, well, we didn't walk in. So River's Edge moved in next door to us. Uh, Matt and Abby moved in and were our neighbors uh, on, on Belt across the street from the church you were meeting in at the time. Um, and we avoided like the plague going to their church because we looked at the website and learned about this missional living that sounded, sounded like a commune. And we, we didn't want to, uh, to find out that they were crazy because we really liked them and liked hanging out with them. Um, so we avoided it. Uh, but then finally, we were, we were jumping from church to church around Spokane with friends trying to find home. And we finally said, okay, let's go to River's Edge. And the first Sunday there, walking in the door, we knew it was our last Sunday hopping. So... Uh, we walked in, and I think uh, Matt and Janice immediately kind of uh, latched on to us, and we were we were best friends immediately. Um, we were we were invited to an MC. Our first week was the same first week as the Albions at, at the MC, at, at which we it was Decens as well, and uh, a whole bunch of other people, and. Uh, our first week, we went in and we're told, okay, we're big enough, it's time to split. Um, but that's, it was, it was home right away. It was family right away. Our, my, my daughter, who was eight years old, was barely one when we started going to River's Edge. Our kids don't know anything else but this family. And that's what you've been to us, is our family. Um, I can remember sitting through teachings at WCMC and having Matt teach and Mila yell, yeah, uh, and Matt agreeing with her. Uh, just, just uh, it's, uh, it's been such a big part of our lives. Recently, I was explaining to someone that we know people who do this and people who have this and people who are able to help with this. And my aunt died and my cousin asked us to, to move stuff. And I said, oh, I've got, I've got, people. I've got men at church. And she said, oh, that's such a great thing. But just realizing that everything we know and everything we have around us is because of the roots we have, because of the family that we have here. And I just want to thank all of you for being our family for all these years. It, it feels like forever. Um, feels like we've grown up here. So um, thank you very much. We're going to miss this, but we hope that we carry it with us to the next place. Um, me being Nick's daughter, I also love to worship and sing, and my mom also plays the piano, so our, we have a very musical house, and 
almost all my life, this is where we've been. Because I was born when we were jumping from church to church, and I remember being so many places and wandering around with no light because Jesus was leading somewhere, but we just didn't know where yet. And then we landed at River's Edge, and there were kids to play with. And then right then, as my dad said, it just felt like home. And this home, um, now that we're merging with Soma, I'm hoping to have new friends and make new memories like we've made old memories in this church. And it will always be in my heart that this church and all of my friends here will um, be always in my heart. And um, I love all the people here because you're my family. And when we go to Soma, I'm going to have more people added to my church family. So I'm glad Matt said it didn't matter how long you've been at, at River's Edge that you could still share. Because for me, um, it's, it, it feels like it's been a long time, but it's only really been about a year and a half. And um, you know my story. I lost my husband a uh, year and a half ago, and that's when I came to River's Edge. And it's been a tough road, and it's been really hard to be in a church by myself without my husband, and my daughter's been awesome. She loves it here, too. But I think what has meant the most to me, uh, aside from this, I've never been in a church this small, for one thing. So all the churches I've been to have been pretty big. So it's a little bit scary, but also it feels really warm and good at the same time. And one of the things I've appreciated, and I, I I will always remember this because this has never, ever happened to me in any church I've ever been in. Being an older woman, older, um, I, uh, I, you know, wonder often, as, as women my age do, especially when we're not, you know, married anymore or don't, are single, um, where is my place in the church now? You know, what do I have? I mean, I, I know I have things to offer, but you know, how do I do that? And so there was a Sunday when we were going through, I just remember it was, was it John? I think it was a gospel of John. And Matt was talking about Mary, uh, the Marys who were at the tomb with Jesus or, you know, at the cross, both places. And he uh, acknowledged the older adults in our group and um, such a sweet, kind way that I felt very valued and very honored. And I've never had that happen. And so just in the place where I was in my life and in my heart at that moment, it really meant so much to me. And so I, I really have felt that here at River's Edge, even though I haven't been involved in an MC. Hope to do that next, next place. But um, I just want to thank this body for that kind of uh, value. Hi. Um, so we moved to Spokane in 2020 during COVID. I was pregnant with Sai, and we waited. Um, he was probably like eight or nine months before church shopping. And of course, we were ready for um, the checklist of what to look for in a church with the worship and the preaching and like all the things. And so I went on the wonderful service of Google to find a church and I found River's Edge. And it was the first church we came to. Um, and it's when it was at the flower mill. And the argument that Jacob and I got in as we were arriving to the flower mill was like, there's no way there's a church here. Like, there's no signs. We're like 15 minutes early and like, there's no people. <laughs> no one's there on time. Uh, and we're going through the flower mill, like to the elevator. And I'm like, it says it's upstairs, but there's no signs. And he was seriously ready to turn around, but we were faithful and we went upstairs and uh, Carrie was the one that got to hold Cy our very first time taking him there. Um, but we didn't even go through the checklist and the evaluation of like, what was this church like? Does it meet all the needs we're looking for? It was just so obvious that um, the people were going to be our community. And um, the people that embraced us and welcomed us and drilled us with, how did you find out about this church? 
Leah, uh, <laughs> through Google. Um, they were just right away, they were just ready to welcome us and as family. And it was so kid-centered, like there were more kids than adults probably, um, which is what we were looking for. And uh, yeah, just being in our adult life new to Spokane, um, it's just the community, uh, the exact community we've kind of like dreamed of. And um, it's been a place that has allowed us to be comfortably comfortable being uncomfortable um, because some of the things like circling up for prayer and, um, you know, at first awkward, you know, but um, it was such a comfortable group of people to like enter into that space with. And it's helped us to just lean into the spirit in so many, so many ways. It's been um, incredible through thick and thin. So, um, so thankful for this space. All right. Um, my thoughts are kind of fragmented, and uh, now that I'm a mom, I cry all the time, so that will probably happen. Um, I think most of you know, um, you know, what, dang it, already, um, <laughs> what is River's Edge meant to you? Um, ben and I actually met through River's Edge. Wow. <laughs> um, so, just that this church being such a big chapter in our story. Um, and then Ben and I were talking about last night and how um, I think it's kind of appropriate that we finish this church on a, a series about the spirit because that's not something that I understood growing up at all. Um, I actually remember one time at, at our MC, Brian Olson, and putting it, um, grew up in a church where it was father, son, and we don't talk about the other one. Um, and that's kind of how it was for me too and so just this um, as Ben says stretching this new spiritual muscle and um, the world that's opened up to me in just learning um, more about who God is um, how he loves us what he wants for us um, and then especially what that means in serving others and being a part of this family um, seeing the way people are so selfless, um, being able to to serve, to to share clothes, to share <laughs> meals, to share um, homes has been really amazing. Um, something I have never experienced before. So I'm um, just so so thankful for this church. Um, I just love looking around and seeing all these faces and remembering um, all the memories that we have and um, something that I that I realized last night is, you know, we've been in multiple buildings as a church, and I think as we transition to SOMA, I'm hoping it's just going to be that we're just going to move into a new building, and we're all going to be there. Um, there's going to be more people, but it's just, it's just another move, another building. Um, so I'm trying not to think about it as much of a closing of a chapter as in a move to a new building. <laughs> um, so thank you all, and thank you for um, for preparing a space where Ben and I got to meet. <laughs> well, I think uh, what it meant to me and my wife, you know, she's, I just noticed she's upstairs. But, um, healthy Christian community, if I had to just put three words, because, um, you know, we came to Spokane. I came to Spokane for the Air Force, um, well, I don't know, 2016 or something, did some church looking, found somewhere that, like, worked for kind of that box check of going up to church, you know, maybe having a couple meaningful conversations, but like we tried investing with other people and families and it kind of worked, but it just never really like took off. And there wasn't this like what I was used to from being a kid in a small church where like, you know, it was like, well, literally like my grandma, right? Like my grandma was there. My family is there. People I grew up with. I was born in that church and Never really found that for a couple of years. And then um, the Fishers were our neighbors. And we met, taking out the trash, John and I did. And this was right around the moment when the, um, the church that we'd been going to, COVID time, they kind of just like shut down. So we were kind of like, well, I don't really know what to do, I guess. It's Sunday coming up and don't have anywhere to go. And we went to the park. And I just remember like immediately, it was just like, hi, how are you? Like just community, just family, just like we have always been there. And I feel like that has just always been 
like consistent throughout the time that we've been a part of River's Edge. And, you know, Sarah and I are pretty heavy in commitment with, of course, each other and with friendships and people. And, like, you people we can trust. And that is, like, so hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've had a couple moments in our life that we couldn't trust people or we did and then we got burned and it's like, ah. But, like, we come here and, like, every relationship, every conversation, everything is just a couple of loving people with their children, loving, you know, intentional people. And we can just trust you, rely on you. And like Nick said, like, we need something. Like, there's somebody here that can help. And, man, that has just been so, so cool. And getting close with the Decens, of course, and many others of you. Like, every Sunday I come here, and for the last, like, couple months, we've been just kind of observing, just standing in the back looking and just being like, man, like, I love every single one of you so much. And, <laughs> and like, the joy that being serving in children has given me. I mean, <laughs> just Listening to Emma was just so encouraging, you know, because our, I don't know, our vision, our goal is her, you know. I just, yeah, I feel so fortunate that we came in in a matter of weeks. We met with Matt. We talked. We felt like God put it on our heart to lead children. Don't even know what that means, <laughs> honestly. Um, but we went in with it with purpose and with intention. And, man, the outcome has just been amazing. And, of course, everyone gave us a lot to work with in the, <laughs> in the way of children. But, yeah. Yeah. So I've made so many amazing relationships and friends in Spokane that I know I would not have otherwise. We can rely on people. Like, oh, man, it's just it's so cool what God has done in our marriage, with me and Sarah, in our life, with each and every one of you, that we share meals and coffee and conversations and just anything. Like, it's so, so cool. And that's what, I don't know, I had to sum it up. Um, so, our, like, I guess, backstory and how we got to River's Edge to start is, so we were at um, a church before, and um, we heard that Bridgetown and Jesus Church, whatever the Portland one was called, was planting here. And I'm from Portland and loved that church. And we're like, oh, we would love to try that out. But we had just joined a small group with Kelly and Diana. And we're like, well, we can't leave now. Like, we started going here. So we're like, okay, back of the mind, this is happening. So when we felt called to leave that church, we're like, okay, this one's for sure on the list. We came, we really liked it. We talked to Matt, we talked about disc golf we had told ourselves that we're like, well, we have to try at least four churches, you know, like give Spokane a try and not just go to the first place that feels nice. So we tried some other ones. Month later, we came back and Matt remembered us and remembered that we talked about disc golf. And that was like, oh, what? He like, we just longed to be known someplace and, you know, not just by the pastor, but that was a big thing to us of like, wow, he actually remembered who we are. And so I was in the summer, and so they're like, oh, church barbecue is coming up. And so we went to that, and then pretty quick, that was like, okay, this is it. So we started coming, and, um, and so then just a few moments of, like, this was a place where we were known and able to know others really well, and just so many memories of joy. Um, a few that just stuck out was our first MC that we were in. Megan and Steven, Joshua was like six months, maybe, just crawling around, hitting his head on Corey and Catherine's coffee table, and they would bring the pack and play and just let him sleep, because we would meet until like 11 o'clock at night, because none of the rest of us had kids yet, and it was just a place where we wanted to be together, um, and then like one of the first Sundays, we circled up to pray with people, um, we sat on the stage, and Ben was in our group, and everyone shared prayer requests, and Ben's request was, I want to find a wife. So we prayed for Ben to find a wife. <laughs> Woo! Um, powerful and effective. Um, oh, that was so good. And, <laughs> and yeah, then just like through the years, being able to have the park and 
new people and how everyone wanted to flock to that person and make them known. Um, I think I was telling Richard that's one of the things I'm going to miss most is not having that role anymore of I'm not going to know when people are new at SOMA, but like that's okay, just releasing that and being okay with just like we can be another face for a little bit. I feel like I had one other memory, but oh, I guess the one that Richard shared was when Peter was diagnosed, just being able to have a family being like, we're going to change everything and just being able to circle up over here with some of the ladies and cry and pray and yeah. So this place has just been a lot to us, but we're looking forward to the the next chapter. I have this image of you guys like saying amen and looking up and Stephanie's just standing there, just like with one of the stage spotlights shining down. Like, oh, okay, there's your wife. A uh, little bit of our story coming to River's Edge. I've been in, in and out of churches kind of my whole life and, you know, a lot were good and um, we had gotten to this point actually when Adeline was born and Karen's health had really changed and we didn't know what we were doing to try to navigate that and help her feel better and all of that. Um, that was just a big stress and I think our church family at the time kind of meant well but also didn't know how to kind of help us through that and everything. So I was getting to a point where I was like pretty angry and uh, I don't know if disillusioned is the right word, but something like that, you know, and through a variety of factors, we just sort of felt like we need um, a, a different, like we need a difference, we need a change. And uh, one of Karen's friends she met through MOPS, a preschool kind of Moms of Preschoolers program invited us to River's Edge, and so we came over. And you know, I'm I'm an introvert uh, as well, and so I didn't like meet a lot of people. It wasn't a lot of the the stories up here. Just like immediately, this is the place, and I was just kind of like you know, a little grumpy, definitely on the inside at least. Um, but you know, meet new people, and I don't know how to sum up River's Edge because it means so many different things, and somehow we. This community, the whole time I've been here, has really like always hit the sweet spot, if that makes sense, where it's like what people need is, is what we're able to provide in, in, in some like, you know, mysterious way. It's almost like someone's uh, with us kind of guiding us through all this, you know, um, giving people space when they need it, giving people the, the freedom and, and charge to lead when, when they come in and, and want that. And, and so it wasn't like this uh, immediate deep connection, but it was a place that I was still you know, felt welcome for sure and felt uncomfortable when, oh, we have to pray with this many people. And, you know, like that whole thing is definitely there. Uh, the church we came from was quite a bit smaller than this one even. So we're used to that. Um, and so kind of over the years, we just like fast forward. If I had to like sum up what I think River's Edge, this community has been for me, I'm going to go a little nerdy on this analogy. Um, you can get into your, your favorite thing like Star Wars or uh, Lord of the Rings or Narnia or something. You could be like, oh, well, Frodo would have done this or, you know, Anakin thought this when he was there or whatever. And you can like study these worlds and think about like what's true within them. And looking back, I think that's what a lot of the, the churches I've been in kind of did with, with God's story and the Bible. It's like, oh, well, we can learn these things and, and it kind of happened in this order and that sort of thing. But then we kind of go away. And it doesn't necessarily like penetrate. It's not real. It, it doesn't change your life in a meaningful way. And I think that's the big difference here is it's like, well, those things change us. What we hear on a Sunday morning, we, we meditate on and we, we go to our missional communities and we learn it and we show it. And so just like that has changed me, even though it was probably slow at first, you know, it was like, this is, this is real. God is active. Like I always... Oh, yeah, like I said, I grew up in church. Oh, God is real, and, you know, all these other things are fake. And I, I understand that, right? What? I don't know if I was really living like I understood the difference, if that makes sense. So um, just seeing a community live it out when we have um, reason to celebrate. We celebrate with each other. Uh, you know, my wife and I both got pretty sick with COVID, and you guys took really good care of us through that. So that's, like, a thing we can look back on. Um, so anyway, that's... I think how I would kind of sum up my experience and, and how I see this body. 
Um, oh, well, oh, damn it. Okay. Um, so I am like more of an introvert than I was, and I do not like public speaking. So this is a lot right now. But um, when the church that we went to before this, I had a friend there that I knew since I was born, I think. Yeah. And so when I heard we were going to leave, I was like really upset because I'm like, where are we going to go? I don't want to leave this church because my friend was going to stay there at that church or go to a different church. I don't remember. But I was like really sad. And so then we came here and it was like, I, I just like, I didn't feel that anymore. I didn't feel the need to go back. I didn't want to go and like back to a church or go back to the church with um, my other friend because it was like, this church is my church. Like it's a family and it's like my family. It's like a second family. Like, this is my family, and this is also my family. So, um, yeah, and, like, at other churches, I wasn't, like, ever really in the service. I wasn't really learning that much about anything. Like, of course, I knew, like, the Christmas story where he was born and stuff. But, like, I wasn't, like, actually, like, learning. And then I came here. And then everything just, like, clicked. I, like, knew a bunch of more, like, inspirational stuff. And, like, I actually, like, am, um, I don't know what word it is. I don't know. But I'm, like, in it. And I, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, we actually got connected through River's Edge, uh, I don't know, a long time ago, through soccer. So I went, while we were going to another church, uh, I heard through a friend that there was a bunch of guys playing soccer with refugee kids uh, through World Relief, and we ended up calling it like kids of all the world, because it wasn't all World Relief, and it wasn't all refugees, but um, it was just kids from everywhere, and it was... Uh, Janice and I have always had a heart for missions and to go somewhere. And so uh, we moved to Spokane, and it was the realization that we could do that mission that we've always had in our heart here in Spokane. And I was working at, which I still work at, a Title I school. She's working in the hospital. So it was like, oh, man, this is like what, like we moved here for different reasons, but this is uh, why God was bringing us here. So it was awesome. And so... What it's meant to us has really been like, uh, I think like just a couple weeks after we started, maybe a month or two, we were in the, the new building with the mice. Uh, uh, and then Matt was like, hey, do you and Janice want to be like the hear the cry people and here's the credit card? And we've told the story, but like, I was like, oh, like, are you sure? Because we'd been a part of a church in Tacoma um, that grew and was getting pretty big when we left. And it was like, well, we, they have a guy for that. Like, it's not it's just you, you know. And so uh, just I think that's what it's meant to me is like it really is like a family where it's like, hey, we need everybody to do stuff. Like, it's not just like, hey, we've got the leadership up here. But the idea that um, uh, like everybody is a part of the, the body and they didn't need to be quiet, but um, everybody is a part of the body and it's like, Every, it's not just like the pastor up here and then like the executive pastor and the worship leader. And it's like, okay, we're just going to kind of all just sit here. Um, so as everybody was sharing, uh, I kind of had this thought that um, like next week and then moving forward uh, um, was like, don't blend in. Like, don't go to Soma and just be like, well, hey, big church. I've been doing this for eight years and greeting people at the door, prayer team, whatever. But hey, guess what? I'm just going to blend in. Uh, don't blend in. Like, I don't think that we are, like, we're not like uh, some sick church that was going to like close down. Like, we are a healthy church that's like, has so much to offer. So uh, this isn't really going off script, but um, I just had that in my head. Like, don't blend in. Like, do, like, we have so much to offer as a church 
body in the, in the new church body. So, um, like keep being that, keep being River's Edge at Soma. So hopefully I don't cry because I am pregnant, so I'll try not to. Um, but I just was coming up to say, so when we started coming here, I hadn't been to church. I, I don't even know how long. It's been a long time. Um, and before I came, I had this attitude of we're going to church for our children. We had I was pregnant with Dagny, and we had Peyton. And I was like, church is not going to be our life. It is not going to be what we're going to do. We are maybe not even going to go every Sunday. It is not going to be everything to us. It's just so our kids can learn. And I had just this very grumpy attitude for it. Um, My husband made fun of me because we'd come into church and people would be like, oh, what made you come here? And I'd be like, I'm just here for my kids. And that's it. And he's like, you're not really supposed to say that to people. (laughs) I was like, well. Um, And then um, we got got here because of the Yost. Nate's uh, brother is best friends with um, Nick. And so we got to know them and they invited us and after the first sermon, um, I had never heard somebody preach the way that Matt had preached. And so it was very shocking to me. Like, I was like, oh, this is actually not bad. I like this. Um, <laughs> and got to um, enjoy it some more. We got plugged into their MC. Um, became very baffled even more because I went to UW and very much felt lost there. So having a pastor tell me that he found God there was very shocking. I was like, what, what is this place? Um, but you've all grown to be our family and we, um, I'm here all the time now. And God <laughs> definitely was like, oh, you said you're never going to do something. Well, here you go. Um, so I just kind of try to rem- remember that as we're going to Soma is like, Uh, God has placed us here, and, you know, I just want to remind myself and everyone that he's going to have a place for us where we go next, Um, and I'm just so happy that all of us so far seem like we're going to keep going, and I liked how Stephanie put it, we're just moving, we're moving to another church, that's all that's happening, it's not an end, Um, but yes, thank you all for that. I would just like to point out that the best feedback I've got on my years of preaching was not bad. <clears throat> I'll take it. Oh, wonderful. Well, we want to thank you guys as well, as it's probably shown up in the stories today. Um, I mean, my wife and I got married in 2014, and within a few months of being married, we were pregnant and starting monthly prayer gatherings in Spokane. So kind of our whole story together, our whole, you know, 10 years of marriage has been tied to this church plan and to you guys. And it's just been an amazing journey uh, for us. I feel like we kind of have this like dream team of people uh, in our church. And I think if we could have just handpicked out of a crowd, we couldn't have got a better group of people uh, in this community and around us. And so we're so grateful for you guys and I'll just say, like, we're, we're continuing on uh, together. The relationships are going to continue on, and the discipleship will continue on. But all I can say as a last encouragement is that if God calls you to do something, you got to do it. You just have to do it. Even if, We didn't know a single person in the city of Spokane when we said yes to stepping out and planting a church in Spokane. So even if it feels crazy or you feel like the odds are stacked against you, if God calls you to do something, I'd encourage you, just oh, just let God write the story of your life. Just say yes to him and step out and do what he's calling you to do. Uh, so I, I don't know how to end other than ending in prayer. I think that's the, the pastor in me. So I'm going to pray for us. And then you can stay and hang out as long as you want. Um, but if you have to go, that's, that's okay too. Jesus, we uh, praise you, Lord, for writing the story of our lives. Uh, Thank you for uh, what you've done, uh, and thank you for what you're going to do as we move forward together uh, as a community. We love you. We trust you. We can't wait to see you face to face. Uh, But in the meantime, we want to live surrendered lives before you, trusting that when you call us to do something, uh, you're going to meet us in that place uh, and, and carry us as we go. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.